On today's episode of Locked On Raptors, we continue our look back at some of the great heartbreaks in Toronto Raptors history. And today, I'm steaming, man. We watched the Vince Carter return game to Toronto and the subsequent games in which he hit buzzer beaters against the Raptors and broke the hearts of many. And we're going to dig into those games. We'll dig into the trade and why. Maybe we should still be really mad at Vince Carter. That's all coming up on today's episode with Vivek Jacob from Raptors.com. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 1233, I think, by this time of Locked on Raptors for Wednesday, August the 17th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. You can find the show at Locked on Raptors, and you can follow, subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast for free on all your favorite podcast apps in audio form. You can also go to YouTube and subscribe to the show in video form to see my face and the faces of my guests each and every day here on the show just hit the big red subscribe button it's much appreciated when you do that as it is appreciated when you take the time to make us your first listen of the day every day you're the very best we love you for doing so and uh let's dive on in shall we to another great heartbreak moment in toronto raptors history the series we've been doing here as i continue to vacation around vancouver island uh so i won't be watching this when it drops but uh, i'm glad that you are glad to have you along and glad to have vivek jacob along to talk about the thing that's made me the maddest. I think this is the fifth or sixth episode we've done looking back at Raptors heartbreaks, and this one has me steaming more than any of the other, watching the Game 7 against the Sixers, watching Game 7 against Boston, watching Vince Carter come back to Toronto after loafing it and then destroying them over and over and over again really, really bummed me out. And uh, Vivek Jacob is here to dig into all of it. Big V, are you feeling similarly angry at Vince Carter after watching these clips? Yes, I am. I'm really. <laughs> and we're going to get into this. I watched the two games that followed it up where he knocks down the buzzer beaters, and I am livid. I mean... Uh, I've had a little bit with uh, COVID and Mm -hmm. what better way to try and snap out of it than to watch these games and watch things that make you extremely mad. Um, (laughs) I didn't realize how mad it would make me just watching these games. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But on some level, I do also respect the extent to which Vince could go full heel. Yep. Yep. It takes a certain type to, uh, to (laughs) lean fully into that. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) And, Yeah, it it was borderline. I was like, man, looking back, what was worse? Like, dealing with these games or LeBronto? Like, that's that's how (laughs) frustrated I was. Well, we're going to unpack all of it. We're going to dig into the trade itself to start off, and then we'll talk about the return and all the subsequent games. And I guess the burying of the hatchet in, like, 2014 that came a lot later. Uh, We'll do that. But first, of course, we have to play the song to set the stage. (laughs) 
LeBron is like a tidal wave spinning over my head. A dozen put back misses and a brick by Fred. In order to become winners, had to trade beloved Double D. First round sweep by the Wizards after Paul Pierce blocked Kyle Lowry. You're a heartbreaker, dream shaker. Dwayne Casey, don't you mess around with me. You're a heartbreaker, bitch trader. Box taker, don't you mess around. Clangelo. As is customary after playing the song, I have to apologize to you for making you endure it, but uh, I, I always like... That was incredible. <laughs> On the, so many uh, levels. The eyebrow raise when uh, I see you off screen as it first starts playing and my terrible voice kicks in. is uh, It's always a fun thing to watch. Either way, <laughs> thank you for indulging my stupid little production piece. And let's dive in, shall we? Let's, I guess, start with the trade of Vince Carter. We kind of at this point know the lead up, right? He gets hurt in the 2002 season. They go on a run without him. They almost beat the Pistons without him. And then, you know, the injuries kind of pile up after that. And it, they just never get back to the heights that they did in 2001, getting to game seven against the Sixers, as we discussed on Monday's episode with Joey Cash. And so you come into the 2004-05 season. Do you remember how you were feeling, Big V? Like, where were you, I guess, in just like your Raptors fandom at this time? I think I was 12 years old, almost 13, as this was all unfolding. Um, where were you at in terms of like your investment in the team? And what did you think about like the first 20 games or so where Vince Carter starts that 04-05 season completely loafs it, averages like 16 points and three assists, doesn't have a 30-point game, and obviously talks about how he's not going to dunk anymore, very clearly just like quitting entirely on the franchise. Where were you at at this time? Did you have any sympathy for Vince? Were you growing to detest Vince? What was your sort of mind space in, uh, you know, early 2004-05? so that would have been my third year in Canada. I was very much getting used to just watching basketball every day and becoming mm -hmm. like a full-time Raptors fan. And uh, yeah, I was definitely on the side of, you know, Vince obviously doesn't want to be here and you've got to try and get something for him. And the thing that was frustrating was that season, he was playing so poorly that you almost wondered he was playing so poorly for so long that you wondered if on some level the injuries had taken a toll. Right. And it was like, is he just like a shell of himself now? Like what is like, he was playing so badly. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what led to so much of the animosity after the trade that he just instantly flipped this switch <laughs> and goes from averaging like 15 points a game to 27 and is looking like, you know, an all-star, all-NBA type player again. Yeah, as far as uh, flipping the switch after a really bad start to a season that seemed very intentional, like, this puts James Harden's start with the Rockets before getting dealt to the Nets to shame. Like, Vince <laughs> really, like, hammed it up, man. And then, of course... You know, you said they needed to try to trade him for something, and trade him for something they did not. Of course, the deal comes down December the 17th. They deal Vince to the Nets. 
they get back Aaron Williams, Eric Williams, uh, Alonzo Mourning, who never comes, and a couple of draft picks, including the pick that would become Joey Graham, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, there might have been a second rounder thrown in there as well. Either way, they get nothing No, there was back. another first rounder. It was another first. Who did that become? Well, the Raptors ended up trading that first rounder with Jalen Rose to New York for right, Antonio Davis. Right, for the reunion tour. Oh my God, this front office, man. Hold, not to speak ill of the now past Rob Babcock, but oh my God, this dude was not good at his job. Well, uh, <laughs> with, with all due respect, uh, Wayne Embry made that Jalen Rose trade. That's true. See, it's all muddled because this front <laughs> office goes from like Grunwald to there's like a Jack, yeah. uh, what's got Jack McCallum in there for a second or what the hell's his right. name? Yeah, it's uh brutal. Like it's just, <laughs> it's it's a really rough stretch of front office missteps and gaffes. You get the Hoffa pick in this range as well. Um, and yeah, then the, the deal comes down. Do you remember where you were when the trade went down? I was sitting on my parents' couch in the living room watching <laughs> the global news six o'clock broadcast and Jim Taddy came on the screen for like a breaking news thing and said the Raptors have traded Vince Carter for Alonzo Mourning, Eric Williams, Aaron Williams, couple picks. I remember really being like kind of excited about Alonzo Mourning because I like knew who he was in a way that I did not know who Eric or Aaron Williams really were. And so I talked myself into that. And then, of course, it was reported that Alonzo Mourning was not going to show up, which we can save a whole other episode for because that's just its own little thing to unpack. But um, I remember being pretty heartbroken. I remember like Taddy's brain face is just burned into my brain for that reason. And then I later went on to work with Jim Taddy for a very long time at two different radio stations. And it was like staring the biggest trauma of my childhood in the face every time I had a show planning meeting with the Tat Man. Uh, it was... Uh, <laughs> it, it was a lot, man. Where were you when the deal went down? I was at home, and I remember this was the day that my cousin was moving to Canada, like immigrating right. here. And I had told him, like, hey, you've arrived. Vince has left because um, he was a basketball <laughs> fan, too. And he was like, what? And, you know, you're looking at the deal. I remember Jalen Rose wearing all black. <laughs> Like, even the earrings were all yeah. black. Yeah. And he was talking about the deal, and he was kind of like, okay, you're trading Vince. You're thinking, you know, Vince is a really good player. Maybe you got Richard Jefferson. Nope, you didn't get Richard Jefferson. Oh, maybe Kenny Martin, something like that. Or was Kenny Martin there at the time? No, he wasn't. Never no, he mind. wasn't. No. They no. did have but, Brian Scalabrini, though. Didn't yeah. even get him. Didn't even get then, Brian Scalabrini. <laughs> I remember Rob Babcock trying to validate the trade later right. and advertising it as Eric Williams was averaging 20 points a game in those first like 15, 20 games of the season. Mm -hmm. And he was like, we got a 20 point per game scorer. We got uh, a former all-star in Alonzo morning. <laughs> we got uh, you know, an up and coming big man in Aaron Williams, and we got two future first round picks. A first round pick we won't use on Danny Granger, but instead we'll use on Joey Graham. Yeah, and <laughs> like he legitimately tried to sell it as that. I mean, I guess he had to try something. Um, yeah, or you could just not say anything. That works too. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, and like 
if you want to get into the game, like another thing I was reminded of was Vince shows up to the game wearing a New York Nets Julius Irving jersey. Yep. <laughs> and obviously we remember him wanting Dr. J as the GM. And, you know, that was probably the beginning of him not wanting to be in Toronto anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get into the game here in a sec. Just a couple last thoughts on the trade. Just actually a couple trivia notes for you. If you had to guess right now, over under, how many games combined did Eric and Aaron Williams play for the Toronto Raptors, V? Man, combined? It couldn't have been more than like 50. Is 99, somehow. I don't oh, wow. know how, but somehow. Okay. This, okay, and then, of course, noted 20-point-a-game scorer Eric Williams. Do you know how many points a game he averaged in his 62 games as a Toronto Raptor? I'm going to go with eight. Oh, much lower. Four points a game. Four. Aaron Williams <laughs> averaged 1.6 over 37 games. Uh, they got nothing out of Like, the best thing they got in this deal was Joey Graham. Think about that for a second. Joey Graham is the prized return for Vince Carter the greatest player to this point in Raptors history and one of the three or four best they've ever had. Joey Graham. I'm mad, dude. Uh, We're going to get into the games itself and get even more mad because this just, it drove me insane to watch these clips back. We'll get to it in just one second here. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar. We're making the best tasting protein bars money can buy. If you have not yet, you got to try the Built Bar Puffs too. You're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. And guess what? They have a new flavor. And are you ready for it? It is indulgent cookie dough. That's right. It's cookie dough chunk. It's covered in delicious chocolate. It's got marshmallowy goodness inside. And you're looking at this thing. It's like cookie dough, marshmallow, chocolate. How is this thing good for me? Guess what? It is. It's only 160 calories and a whopping 15 grams of protein. And that protein is collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently. It provides tons of health benefits. Human beings only exist because collagen evolved over time. It's a fact. Watch a paleontology, paleontology show and you'll know. It's fantastic. So go and get yourself some Built Bar Puffs. Uh, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. It makes it feel like you are indulging with some sweet treat and some delightful, de- decadent goodness. But in fact, it's pretty good for you and it is nowhere near as bad as your typical candy bar. It's marshmallow. It's cookie dough. It's chocolate. How could you not want it? Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. I might go eat myself some cookie dough chunk puffs to soul- soothe my soul after talking about the Vince Carter trade uh, for 20 more minutes after this. Let's get back to it. All right, Big V. Uh, let's get into the return, shall we? Vince Carter returns in the uh, April fifteenth, two thousand five, back part of the season. The Raptors aren't good. The Nets are good. They Vince is just coming off winning Player of the Week, and he goes off and scores thirty nine points in his return, including a third quarter where he just completely eviscerates the Raptors. The Raptors like lead at one point. Actually, fun story. I was watching back the clips of this game this morning and went to the other room when it was 59-50 for the Raptors on the the, the whatever, the, the highlight thing. I go grab my headphones and walk back into the room literally 20 seconds later, and it's like 61-59 for the Nets. Uh, it, it really turned real quick in this one. It seemed like the Raptors might have it, but they did not, of course. Uh, what are your recollections of the Vince return? Did you happen to be at the Vince return? I'm always fascinated to see if people were actually there to boo the hell out of Vince. But uh, if not, what was your experience watching this game? No, I did not uh, attend the game, but I, wa- I was watching at home and 
um you know i was all into it with the booing and um you know carter sucks the chance and all of that and you're seeing the signs you're seeing the baby bibs in the crowd you're seeing the half man half a season <laughs> um hey vince how's the knee yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and you know quick aside uh you know when you look at uh, the hate that goran dragic got this season um i remember saying how like he wasn't worth it like this was this was where it was like yeah this person was worth that level of hatred mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what i mean like um and and yeah you could feel the vitriol of the fans and just that that deep cut right like yeah you know you drafted this guy he looks amazing for you um and then he's dealing with injuries and you're kind of going through it with him and then obviously the franchise in itself is 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 kind of stuck in the mud and uh you know destroying itself with some front <laughs> office decisions and vince has just had enough and you know i think at that age um at that stage in my basketball fandom i didn't really understand the big picture stuff enough to be like oh this is why vince wants out and like now you can look back and say oh you know if there was a capable front office none of this probably happens mm-hmm. and so stuff like that you understand over time but in the moment it was just a lot of emotion a lot of heated emotions and you just for all the losing the raptors were dealing with at that time you just wanted them to win that one game totally i i do wonder are, are we marks for having like forgiven vince by and large uh like are we just complete <laughs> rubes who have been conned because like Maybe it's worth being mad. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty much over it, I think. And I think, uh, you know, winning a title and all the good stuff that happened in the Larry DeRozan era is pretty, it's a pretty good salve for all of that. But it really drudged up some old feelings, man. And yeah, yeah. I wasn't at this game. I was uh, at the TMAC return game, though, a few years prior. And I remember thinking, like, I'll never be at a game this mean ever again. This is insane. Like, we're booing the hell out of this guy. It's nuts. Uh, not even remotely close. I wasn't at the Vince game, but you could tell from TV. Like, it was a hostile, hostile environment. And I think, do you have any, like, let's just go into this. Like, do you have any, like, note things you picked up and noticed from the broadcast? Chuck and Leo talking about uh, the Vince return and all that stuff. They were trying to be pretty diplomatic, it seemed, uh, throughout. But you could sense there were, like, moments where, like, well, he didn't do this when he was on the Raptors still and all that. Those yeah. were always the the bummer ones uh were there any other sort of notes from the broadcast or the the game itself that you watched that you, that you picked up when you were looking back at this um before i answer that quick question for you what yeah. was worse the booing that vince got in this game or the booing that lebron got in his first game back in cleveland oh probably the lebron one i would guess but Ooh, I think that's it's a, close, man. That's very close. Like, that's... We'd have to like do one of those decibel counter things <laughs> and just like play both videos at the same volume just to see. Um yeah. because yeah, that's a that's a, maybe we have to put that to the polls. I don't I don't know. That's a yeah. that's, that's a really good one. Damn. Yeah. I wish I had um, a better answer. <laughs> in, in terms of general game broadcast notes and stuff, um obviously uh Leo doesn't have quite the Miami 10 going yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um 
Chalk sounds great. Uh, you're right. You know, they did sort of pick at certain points where yeah, I remember Vince's first drive to the basket and Leo's like, oh, look at that. I'll drive to the basket. <laughs> <laughs> We're not feeling petty at all. Yeah. Um, pre-game, uh, they did a hit with Norma Wick and I was like, oh, wow, that's a way back playback. Norma mm-hmm. Wick, I totally forgot about her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was cool. And then, uh, yeah, I think over the course of the game, um, I guess maybe you can see how it's evolved in terms of like doing those halftime interviews with the assistant coach or whatever it may be and uh, things like that. Um, but yeah, beyond that, uh, not too much uh, unless you notice anything else. Yeah, I, I noticed two things. One, uh, a whole lot of pop so talk and that like further yes. added to my fury. <laughs> As we were, it was like, oh, Pop So, he's, like, I think he was on, like, a, from the context clues, it sounds like he was on, like, maybe, like, the best three-game run of his career, because at one point, he, like, has a layup, and Leo's like, three games ago, you're not seeing that from Pop So, and I'm sitting here, like, kill me now, please, as Vince is just, like, pouring in buckets at the other end while they're praising Pop So's three points. He had nine points in this game, which... You uh, just reminded me. Yeah. Uh, it got to a place where... Anytime um, Pop Soul had a dunk, Chuck Swirsky would say snap, crackle, and pop. Yep, yep. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's a goddamn professional is why that, that happened. Um, the other thing I also uh, picked up quite a bit, and it, look, this is a recurring theme throughout this era of Raptors history, is uh, the realization that Morris Peterson is one of the worst defensive players to have ever existed in the NBA. Just getting totally worked by Vince in this game, uh, just like standing arms by his side, just like watching Vince walk by. Of course, you get a lot of this in the Kobe 81 game highlights as well. Uh, maybe Boris Peterson stunk. <laughs> like I know he's a beloved like figure, and I've made this point before in like my ranking every Raptor and stuff. I think he's vastly overrated just because he was a guy who was around a long time, which was a novel concept back at this time. And he hit a lot Raptors. of cool shots. He hit a lot of cool shots. That's true. Circus shot guy, the Michael Ruffin shot, all of that. But uh, he was uh, like a f- grievous Vasquez level defender. And it, it really, like, again, all of the depressing elements of this Raptors team were very much on display as Vince was also ruining them at the other end. It, it was uh, it was a tough slog. And I only watched like the 16 minute highlight video. I did not watch a full game rewatch. I just watched all of the the Vince madness basically and it uh, really really sucked and then I guess we can kind of pivot the, the lesson oh, sorry quickly, go ahead yeah the lesson quickly here is appreciate your wing defenders yes like, we have to watch <laughs> Jalen Rose and Mo Pete and Pop So defend Vince and now you can go from OG to Precious to Siakam mm-hmm. to Scotty mm-hmm. so uh, appreciate your wing defenders. Appreciate the franchise learning from its past mistakes, I guess, even though it was under a different uh, different regime. The other guys who played in this game for the Raptors, you mentioned some of them. Chris Bosh plays 41. Hoffa plays 11 minutes, scores two points because, of course, uh, Rafer Alston starts, plays 43 minutes in this game, scores 13 points. Mo Pete, Jalen Rose, Popso, Matt Bonner plays 19 minutes, and Milt Palacio plays 18 minutes as well. Uh, just a cursed, cursed roster, man. Good lord. Um, you don't even get Eric or Aaron Williams in this game, and this is the nope. same season to, uh, during which they were traded to the team. Uh, great stuff. Thanks for the twenty-point score, Rob Babcock. Um, we can now spin it forward, Big V. Unless you have any final thoughts on this game, to 
the other games, the follow-up, the buzzer beaters, the Mopeat ejection and all of that. Uh, we'll get to that in, in just one second here. But first, just a reminder, you can check out Locked On Blue Jays every single day on YouTube and on your favorite podcast apps as they cover the Blue Jays as by now on August the 17th. I'm imagining they've already passed the Yankees. Things are looking great. Juan Soto has nine home runs in his first 10 games for the Blue Jays. It's fantastic. So go and check out Lockdown Blue Jays as they keep you t- posted on all things going on in the stretch run. All right, Big V, let's continue forward here. We talked about the return game. Let's go into the buzzer beaters that happened after the fact. The next one takes place in the 05-06 season. That's correct. This is the Mike James season. Uh, very, very bad Raptors season overall. Uh, and Vince Carter comes back kind of in the middle of that year and hits a huge buzzer beater to beat the Raptors at the end of the game. This is the same game where him and Mo, Mo Pete have a little dust up where Vince walks over and slaps Mo Pete playfully. Mo Pete even more playfully just like kind of slaps back and then he gets ejected. Just a mess overall. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? It might be even more infuriating, infuriating than the return this game in particular. So somehow in my brain over time, the first half of the actual return game, the first return game, uh-huh. melded with this second half comeback of this game. I agree. I have the same thing. I thought it was the same. I thought I was losing my mind looking back at the clips. I was like, what? This happened multiple times? Are they like wrong, labeled wrong? What's going on? No, no, no. It all just blended together into one horrible, horrible stew. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, just to give the full info, Jan 8, 2006, this was a 105-104 win for the Nets. Um, at the end of the game, uh, Jose Calderon is at the line to make mm-hmm. two to make it a three point lead for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, his second free throw rims out. Jason Kidd skies in for the rebound, pushes the ball up the court, gets it to Vince, who knocks down a three uh, for 42 points in the game. Uh, 24 points in the fourth quarter. He scores the final 12 points for the Nets. To get them it. over the line, the Raptors went by eight with two minutes left, um, and then the ejection you talked about—that was with 24 seconds remaining in the second quarter. And yeah. Steve Javi is the one who ejected. Um, not not to go all Will Lou, and this is the name of the player and uh, <laughs> of the referee and the address and. <laughs> Dox him. We know where he is. He's in Secaucus. We know his address. He lives in that room. So, yeah, to miss that completely, like that's one where if you have video review, you clearly see the Vince slap first. Yeah, obviously. (laughs) It's it's so glaring. And you see that it was just something playful. Yeah. They were just having fun as former teammates, as friends. Yeah. And there was no animosity or angst about it. And it could have just been a play on. Um, and so Mopi gets tossed, throws his jersey into the stands. Um, and I feel like all of those things have sort of contributed to Mopi becoming that fan favorite guy, right? Sure, um, sure. But yeah, there was a heartbreak of that. And then November 21st, 2008, this was like, this was almost, you were so numb, you couldn't feel the pain anymore. Oh, wait, um, I was like, I don't remember this game at all. I was totally checked out, uh, like completely <clears throat> just like, yeah, whatever. This was, 
so they started the 0809 season. So it's the year after they lose to the Magic in the playoffs. This is like getting pretty close to like my low part of my teenage Raptors fandom. I'm just this like, was like this, one this of the, stupid team, man. One of the big factors in Sam Mitchell getting fired. Yeah. Uh, and so the Raptors lead 108 101 with 27 seconds remaining. Uh, Vince drains a three to make it 108 104. Mm-hmm. Raptors call a timeout and they're inbounding at half court, and Bargnani commits a five second violation. <sighs> Carter then drives in for two. So now it's 108-106. Raptors make two free throws. Carter drives in for another two. Anthony Parker goes to the line, makes one of two. And Vince then nails a three from like 35 feet for the tie. They go to overtime where... Anthony Parker now makes this crazy fadeaway three with two seconds left to Mm -hmm. tie the game at 127. Mm -hmm. And then the Nets draw up a play where they throw a lob to Vince off the inbounds for a dunk to end the game. Not great. (laughs) (laughs) And so it's like, so this is where I'm watching all these moments and I'm like, man, was this worse than LeBron? Like, that Honestly, was, at the maybe. time, it was so traumatizing. Yeah, it might be because LeBron was the best player mm-hmm. in the world. He did this to everybody. The Hawks, the Wizards, <laughs> you name it. He was doing it to everybody. The Raptors were not alone. It felt maybe like they were alone because it was particularly embarrassing in spots. But also, they took LeBron to six at one point and like, were pretty noble in that defeat. Every time they lost to Vince, there was no nobility to be had whatsoever. It was just, hi, daddy, welcome back. Please slap us around for 48 minutes, please. That's what it was. It was, like, the worst, just, like, I'm mad at Vince again, I think, man. (laughs) (laughs) So I I will say, the one thing I still hold against Vince is that he's tried to do a whole revisionist history on, like, there was no reason to ever be mad at me. Right. And that's Which is not like, true. <laughs> dude, just own your part of it. Yeah. Right? You average like, 16 you and quit three, on the dude. Team yeah. <laughs> and wanted nothing to do with the franchise. Um, you half-assed it. You dogged it. You said you didn't want to dunk anymore. Um, so just own that part of it. Like, most of the, most of the fans have forgiven you. Yeah. And yeah. are ready to move on. Just own that part of it. That's the Until only they thing. Until they watch this like, episode, <laughs> even even when he said the awesome stuff about Toronto and went back at Chris Broussard, like yeah. he started with, um, like we've had our differences for whatever reasons. No, they are very clear. Yeah, we know reasons. the reasons, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's yeah. like just own that. Yeah, like I think it's it's probably fine to have forgiven Vince. Like I have, I think, in you know, outside of the two hour window of preparing for and recording this podcast, I'm pretty sure I'll snap back to being like, yeah, Vince is pretty awesome, and he's like the reason, and like all of the reasons that we still love Vince are like bigger than just the couple seasons where things didn't go so hot like he was the guy that put the raptors franchise on the map and maybe saved them from potential relocation at some point like there, there's lots of reasons to be thankful and glad for vince many dunks dunk contest all that but yeah the 
the refusal to acknowledge, like, I was like, can't believe it's just stuff what happened, man. I don't, it's like, okay, dude. Uh, <laughs> like, we understand that, like, if you just said the front office was terrible and ruined the team, fine. We got, we agree. The front office did suck. They were terrible. They were, like, drafted Hoffa. Of course they're bad. But, like, you don't have to, like, lie to us, man. We're, we're already beaten down enough. Uh, with that, like, the. Game in Memphis, the game with the Memphis Grizzlies coming through town in 2014-15. This is the year after they get good again. They make the playoffs, go to seven against the Nets. They come back. They start off incredibly hot that season in 14-15. I think they're like 24 and seven at one point. And it's in that 24 and seven start that the Grizzlies come through town and they kind of bury the hatchet with Vince. They have the video montage and all that. What do you remember of that night? Did you find that to be like a comforting evening of like burying the hatchet? Obviously, some other stuff has gone on since then. He's defended Toronto recently with Chris Broussard. Not that you have to defend anything against Chris Broussard because Chris Broussard's an idiot. But, uh, you know, he obviously, you know, was always very close with Kyle, was there when Kyle, I think. What was the record he broke of Vince's while they were in the building? Was it like assists or something like that? Um, Maybe. Or, yeah, he, he, he passed some kind of Vince Carter record. Or he might have passed <laughs> him on the all-time Raptors scoring list, actually, is what happened when Vince was in the house. Um, and, you know, you had that sort of camaraderie. That was nice. Uh, you know, he's been around. He's come back a couple times now. But where what did you think of that sort of reunion, the burying of the hatchet, the ovation that Vince got that night? Um, I thought it was nice. I thought it was a nice sort of moving on from an era that had lasted a very long time because of what happened so horribly after the Vince trade. You could kind of tie a lot of stuff back to it. But um, did you think that was a pathetic move in hindsight? I might change my opinion and say, wow, we were a bunch of cowards in 2014-15. Still should have booed him for at least five more years. But actually, I think it was pretty tight. Where, where are you at about that uh, sort of burying of the hatchet with the Grizzlies coming through town? Yeah, time and winning heals. Sure does. And Sure does. And I think, I think for that portion of the uh, fan base that like, kind of grew up with Vince, when you are able to gain that big picture perspective and maybe look back and say, okay, yeah, that was a terrible front office, and you know how it went down was wrong, but you you can see why he would want to move on, kind of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And and the Raptors becoming winners. I mean, I think this is the biggest thing, right? It's like on some way, level, it's like. You got the championship. You got the shot over Philly. It's like you've had all these healing moments mm -hmm. where it, you can put all that stuff in the past, right? Like part of why there was so much animosity specifically in those Nets games was because it's like you're looking at the Nets with Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson, and it's like, man, like the Raptors drafted Chris Bosh. Like yeah. <laughs> if you were fully invested, like that could have been something. Yeah. Um, and – you know, you the big three like, of Vince, Bosch, and Hoffa, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, imagine if they drafted Igadala. Yeah, like, like <sighs> that's a fun team. Yeah. Um, and so it's like there's these what ifs that, but but then who knows? Maybe maybe you don't win a championship, right? Yeah, <laughs> and, it's true. And so, uh, <clears throat> in the end, you get to say now that it was all worth it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whatever it was, Lebronto, dealing with the Vince stuff, um, you name it. And so I think that's the part where you're able to have enough positives um, to appreciate all the positives that he individually brought. Yeah. And there were a lot of those until it really went bad.
Hundred percent. You know, I think kind of the recurring theme of this entire series of shows has been that all of this stuff is kind of part of the fan experience, and it's not as rich an experience if you don't have these types of moments. Obviously, wish it had gone differently that we got to watch Vince Carter be Vince Carter for longer than we did. But um, you know, the things that happened afterwards happened, and they led to a thing that was pretty awesome. So. With that, I think we're going to round out today's episode. I, I'm steaming still. I need to sort of chill and relax and maybe just go watch some early Vince dunks with the Raptors to revitalize my joy and love for him. But uh, anything you'd like to promote before we get out of here, Big V? Uh, no, just the usual stuff. Raptors.com, CBC Sports, Complex Canada. Um, and you can follow me on Twitter at VivekMJacob. Excellent. You can find me at Woodley Sean. You can follow, follow, subscribe to, rate and review the podcast on your favorite podcast apps for free. We're on YouTube for free as well, so you can go subscribe over there. Nearly 2,500 subs. Hopefully by the time this airs, we're closer to 3K, baby. Um, so thank you very much for that. And we will talk to you, I guess, actually, this will be it for this week. I'll be back again with episodes proper upon my return from vacation next week. So thank you so much for tuning in and supporting the show. And I hope you enjoyed these episodes while I was away. Hopefully, I'm not sitting here talking about, you know, the, the Raptors who, you know, have Kevin Durant or something right now. And I've just done like nine episodes worth of non-Kevin Durant They don't content, need Kevin Durant. But- they have Bo Cruz. That's true. They got Bo Cruz. Uh, We'll wrap it there. Thank you very much. And uh, go make your second listen of the day. Locked on NBAs. They are covering all the big news, including the Kevin Durant trade to the Toronto Raptors that took place last week or whatever as I was away. Uh, So go check it out. And we'll be back again on Monday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.